Hello. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. What's going on? Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Linz and Krista. Let's take a deep breath. Let's take a deep breath. <sighs> Yo, I was in the, the membership live call last night. Oh, how was it? Babies were taking deep, deep ass breaths. And oh. It was so good. It was great. It was so great. It's our favorite. It's our favorite freaking time of the month. It's the best. <laughs> oh my God. It's like this beautiful little... Yeah, um, one of our members, Crystal, she was like, she's just like, I just have to say that like, I just feel so good about showing up here and being able to get to the truth of things and the real of things right away. Big facts. And I was like, whoa. Wow. I take that for granted sometimes, you know? It's such a relief. It's so liberating to just be like, let's get to the heart now. <laughs> Instead of the surface, you know, I think sometimes that's hard in a group of, a big group of, of women, but mm-hmm. like we just, they just drop right in. It's very, wow. very I love powerful. That. I think that's why sometimes some things in the personal development space or even stuff that I've been to, it's like, it actually drives me nuts because I feel like we're kind of walked to talking around things. Yes. And you know what is too, and I think a lot of people can feel this when they when they listen or attend to anything. If someone's saying something that they've heard from someone else, but they actually haven't earned, mm-hmm. you know, like if it's actually wisdom that's not earned, there's actually a quote about that. Something about wisdom not being earned. It's so true. That's but so it's true. like, it it doesn't, there's not that, magnetism. The magnetism isn't there. And so you kind of lose interest. Felt, yeah, you can definitely feel it. Yeah. The walking around and just kind of skirting the, what we're there for is so annoying. It's, it's, it's (laughs) so frustrating. (laughs) That's so damn true. Um, But I think the the human nature just wants to kind of like ease in, move it up a little bit, (laughs) whatever. Wisdom is earned, not given. Just, mm. just like an old, yeah. old saying, but yeah, I find that to be so refreshing about the group, and I think just a really beautiful thing about the community itself. Just ready and willing, and always just down. Always, yeah, and I think just the membership container itself. The intention is to be there and do this very focused work. Like we have the monthly themes, and yeah, there's just like a knowing of like, wow, I'm here to serve. You know, my highest self, but then also support other women in doing that. Mm -hmm. And like, because of that clarity, it's, it's very tangibly felt like the, that intention every time that we show up, it's just, yeah, it's really powerful. It helps the work integrate Mm -hmm. much faster. Yeah. I wasn't on the last one. It was my birthday. birthday. This is coming out a little bit after my birthday, but oh my gosh, the kind notes from the community was so darling. And yeah, I just felt like it's so funny now, just the happier that I've gotten, you know, how much I've worked on on being happy or being content or just being whole, mm-hmm. how much less I need to make me happy. And then also how much more joy the little things bring me. So it's like with each birthday, I feel like I require less, you know, before I'd be like, okay, what is what am I going to get for my boyfriend? What am I going to get for my friends? You know, what are we going to do? You're kind of like just stressing out just because you have high expectations. I think that would happen a lot where I'd have high expectations that were like never met for whatever birthday or whatever holiday. But now as I just get older or as I've worked so much harder on myself, I find that my expectations are so much less and then the gratitude is so much more. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I experienced that too, but... 
Yeah, I think what's, but what's really fun about like this particular year and celebrating you was, I think my favorite part of things around you are that like the people that you bring together, mm-hmm. you know, it's just really powerful. Oh my God. Like it's just so, you, it was funny. I was like, we had a, we had a dinner and I was just kind of observing like people, the subtext of like what they were experiencing was like, oh yeah, I get it. I'm meeting this incredible person because mm-hmm. of Krista. Like there's just mm-hmm. this connection mm-hmm. and it was really, it was really beautiful to see. And people that like wouldn't normally meet each other. Mm-hmm. They were like coming together mm-hmm. and celebrating you. But um, yeah, I, I completely relate to that. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's like an insecurity around like celebrating ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, oh, well, but what if no one does anything? Oh and my then, God, and then I'm, I'm shit. That's me with the wedding, dude. I will not look at my RSVP list because I'm nervous for people to say no. Oh, literally. Dude, I can't wait. Everyone talking about it. They're like, it's going to be so fun. And I'm like, you're coming? Like literally, they're like, aren't you excited when people don't come? I'm like, no, there wasn't a single person that we invited that we did not truly want to come. Yes. No shade. We didn't have the... um the pressure from family to invite like anybody that we didn't want to invite. So I'm really grateful for that. But I literally, every single person, like I saw one no from my, a dear friend from Chicago who I haven't seen in forever, but it was someone that I just really, mm-hmm. really connected with when I was there. And I was like, oh fuck. And I was like, so sad. I'm like, God, is everyone going to even come to this thing? <laughs> I literally was like, wow, I need to do some like subconscious reprogramming work on my I was like, what party did no one come to I know, when I was dude. five? No joke. I was like, what birthday party did no one fucking show up to? Because I have this weird thing with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. It's sad because I, hell or high water, I'll do anything oh, yeah. for the people. I know. I love, but yeah, that's such a weird thing. But it was good this year, just like being able to be present with everyone's kind mm-hmm. words and everyone's like- You're receiving. Receiving was really nice. Even though I still, I haven't, I, still, I was like, did she actually listen to? <laughs> no, you guys, I have 246 text messages and then I have, oh my God, my DMs. And that's not even just a bragging thing. It's like, I'm what I'm going to do, this is my plan, is to to do it over time so that each day I can have a little nibble of good. Yeah, I can be like, oh, this is kind. That. And I could be like, I'm going to have a little kindness today. I love it. Because if you do it too much, then it's like, get cocky. Well, and also you're just like checking the box. Like, yes. Okay. I got them all done. It's yes. like, no, taking a little bit in at a time, sending a voice. I, I'm always like voice now back so I don't have to But then people do text. it back and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I know, and then I'm caught. Don't expect a response for three months. Yes, then I'm caught in like the voice note like <laughs> game the whole time. Um, but we had, uh, when you were at the membership call, I had an engagement shoot. Yes. Finally, you know, after a year and a half of being engaged, we were able to have an engagement shoot and it was amazing. It was with Katie Keeley. She's, a listener and she is just an amazing photographer. She did such a great job. She was so professional and she was just so directive and we did it at the proper and they're cool with like photo shoots. It was amazing. I was like- The best place Literally and I'm so used to sneaking the fuck around (laughs) and sweating my ass off. I literally, I'm like, put your camera away, put it in the backpack, like play it cool. And I was, it just was such a relief to shoot freely. Uh, and then we went to El Matador, which I've never been to, but it oh, was like where everyone shoots at. Beautiful. Everybody shoots at El Matador, State Beach in Malibu. Unreal. Yeah, but you weren't topless, like sh- like showing your ass. Totally. I, we <laughs> like did have to change else. though. I, we did have to change though behind a rock. And I wore my friend's, this, my friend had this sparkly dress she wore um, that I borrowed and every, no clothes I bought were new. Everything was like old because I didn't have enough time for anything. But otherwise it was like so beautiful and I mm. felt, 
really good. Like when shoots just flow. Yes. I'm like, okay. Nothing, nothing better. Nothing better. And it's funny, it's like beautiful. how much we shoot photos. I'm like, it's I know. Just, isn't it terrible that we get sick of, we're just yes. like, <laughs> like at the end, it's funny. Justin's like, okay, I think I'm done. Cause at the end of photo shoots, there's a moment where you're like, I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm not smiling anymore. I know. When, I know when you're you're done, yes. and it's like the most. Ob- you're just like literally like obvious. the color falls from your face, and you're just you're on planet Mars. I'm like, guys, she's done. I'm, We're not doing I'm this done. anymore. <laughs> I'm done because it's fake. Then, then I'm like, I'm I being know. fake. Help me. Um, but it was really beautiful. So I wanted to to thank her for that, and then yeah, and I got my hair done before. I mean, the opposite of what I said I wanted, but whatever. <laughs> Who knows? How does Sometimes that ha- a freestyle. I think it looks great. Sometimes but- there's a freestyle moment that happens. And I just was like, wow, okay, this is not at all what I wanted. But hey, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We're two did months you, out for my did wedding. Did you tell her? Just do whatever you want. Um, yeah, I did. I think I'm going to go back yeah. if I get like enough energy to do so. But I was like, I guess I need to figure this out before, yeah, before my wedding. I think it looks great, but I know what you mean where you're just like, I didn't fucking ask for this. She's, Excuse me. I love her. She's I my know, girl and I recommend her to everyone. But she's like, do you want the influencer hair? I was like, sure. Ah! I don't know what that means. <laughs> I didn't know what that mean. I'm like, what? Like tons of extensions? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, uh. whatever. <laughs> um, but I this episode oh. with our girls, mm-hmm. Danielle and Natalie, I'm so pumped about. This has been just like months in the making. We were working with their team to schedule and we finally were able to do a podcast swap with Danielle and Natalie of Boss Babe. And I'm really excited. I am so impressed with them. Like so impressed and inspired. It's one thing to really see what they've done on Instagram and with their business, just like growing it so much and serving so many women. But it's another thing to really peel back the curtain and hear how strategic they are, hear how like calculated they are, hear how smart they are, hear Mm -hmm. how like thoughtful they are and like what they've built in three years is no fucking joke. <laughs> it's just so funny because- When they said three years, I was like- Honestly. I, I lost all the saliva in my mouth. Same, same. Oh, I was just like, wait. It, it, and this is the thing too. It's like one of those things where I feel like so often like men see businesses and they're like, oh, like that's cute. You have a business. Like if people do that with us sometimes. They're like, oh, like the other day- I was somewhere and this girl's like, well, how do you stand out and how do you like pay your bills doing what you do? I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. Anyways, um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's that same thing where it's like you see a woman that has a business kind of thing and you're just like, oh, like there's still sort of that programming that we have where it's like, oh, that's so cute. That's so nice. But it's like, no, like this shit is so real. So It's so real, real y'all. Like I they're mean, so successful. So successful. They have almost 3 million followers. 3 million now. 3 million now. Yep. On uh, Instagram. They have like almost 20,000 clients in their paid programs. Um, it's just, un- it's unbelievable. And it was really cool. I'm always like so jazzed when we can sit down with other like duos. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's always similarities in like how how they basically fit together like a perfect puzzle piece, you know, and Danielle and Natalie are so different and have different strengths and have been able to leverage those, which, you know, Krista and I went through that evolution of really just owning what we were good at in the business and how much more productive we can be when we did that. And just to hear that that's like a normal, you know, just Mm -hmm. hearing their story was, um, was really, really cool. But yeah, I mean, 
very serious over at fucking boss. Very serious. Four times a day they're posting on Instagram. You guys, so here's the tactical (laughs) of of some of their tips that they talked about. Something that Lindsay and I now think about very much is they really lean on and focus on the one channel where their target demographic is. So for them, that's Instagram. So that's why their Instagram is so robust. It's beautiful. It's helpful. It's inspirational, all of these things. And for us, I was one of those people. I'm like, we have to hit everyone on every channel. We have to be on LinkedIn. We have to be on Pinterest, all these things. And there's something to that. I think for a lot of business owners, especially if you're a creators or in the digital space, it's helpful to be on all channels. But I was like, actually, is it better to just really lean in and like be really good where your target demographic is? And it's made me really rethink about our social media strategy, even just from that minor tip. Yes. Yeah. It's so genius. And I think, you know, there is something to taking the time to know your audience on like a very deep minutia level. Like who are these women and what are they interested in? But even going farther than that, like where are they in the world? And because of where they are in the world, like what might their interest in entrepreneurship be? And yeah, it's it's really, really fascinating. And it really took the pressure off of, and I'm sure a lot of you feel this way out there where you see another platform pop up like a TikTok or this or that. And it's like, I should do that. Oh my God. And then you spend so much time and energy being like, should I do that? Oh my God, it's overwhelming. I don't want to. And like, you've lost so much time where you could have been pouring into the one platform that comes naturally to you, where your audience lives. So for me, that took some of the pressure mm-hmm. off. <laughs> 100% agree. And we talked a lot about their relationship. So how to have you know a business with your best friend, mm-hmm. a co-founder. And then we also talked about some of like their personal journeys and how they really focus on the inner work to show up in their business, which was really fascinating, you know, because we have our own thoughts and our own journey with that. And we know how important it is to really do the personal work as business owners that are public figures and even just as business owners in general. So to help and hear their story with that was powerful. We talked about plant medicine too. Yes. Guys, I mean, the more you know and more us. we ask, the more people I know, the say- more you know, the more you know. Um, So we are huge fans of Danielle and Natalie. They are just so cool and so kind and so, you know, just amazing. They're they're incredible. And I know you guys are going to really love this interview. Mm -hmm. So if you're from the Boss Babe fam, welcome. We're so glad to have you here. It's, you know, going to be a good one. Yeah. Honored to have you guys. You can learn more about uh, Boss Babe itself on bossbabe.com. Follow them on Instagram. They have incredible programs as well as their podcast, which they just, they rock at. It's called the Boss Babe Podcast with Natalie and Danielle. So check it out, subscribe and share this with a friend. You know, Mm -hmm. if anyone's starting a business, I feel like they are the go-to experts in this way and especially leveraging social media to grow your brand and community. Oh man, we're so happy to have you. Yeah, thanks for having us. I could have like talked before this forever. Mm -hmm. It's always nice to like just meet with other. And I'm excited we got Austin Austin gals. I know what's happening. Austin gals in the biz. What was your like impetus to move? For me, it was really just seeing the change in LA, you know, there's, it has changed um, and not being able to go out. We're paying a lot of money to be here and we're not necessarily able to go out and explore it. That was one of the things. And then second to that, just craving more space, more nature, just something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what sparked it. And then when we started looking for houses, that really solidified it. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, I can have this mm-hmm. for what I have an apartment for? Like it. Yeah. 
I was really excited about that. House hunting is like my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. I get, whenever we look, me and my fiance were looking, he's like, so why are we looking at one that's 10,000 in rent if we're trying to get away from that? I'm like, it's just exploring it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, like, he's like, no, you can put a filter on it. I'm like, I know. <laughs> and it's so much more fun, isn't it? I think so for me, much. I think for me, I'm just in like a period of adventure of my life and yes. you're like suggesting it. Basically, this is how Natalie and I work, right? So she came to me. She's like, Danielle, I'm thinking we should consider moving to Austin. Here is a spreadsheet. <laughs> I want to talk about your spreadsheet. <laughs> That's I, what got me. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, for I the business. Wow. I did do that. But I gave she her the way to my heart. <laughs> I gave her a spreadsheet, five-year projections based on 10 states in America. And I just <laughs> sent it over. I was like, just take a read. And then I knew that was all I needed to do. Yeah. I'm obsessed. Wow. She and that was based on like taxes and stuff. Yeah. Like tax breaks. And then we went and met the community and there's some amazing people there. So oh, it's kind of like, amazing. we can do this. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you guys understand each other's like love languages in a way. Like you guys understand how each other see oh, yeah. the world. And so my understanding is that you're more like numbers, like kind of the logical. And so you sharing it to her in that way was almost like in a way that she could understand it. Yeah, that definitely helps. We... It's interesting because it took us a really long time to understand how each other needs to be communicated to. And I'm sure you guys can relate, but in the beginning of our relationship, Danielle might be working on something and present it to me. And she thinks in in her mind, she's like, this is exact, this is, she's going to love it. It's going to clearly communicate. (laughs) And then I would look at it and it it just wouldn't be what I wanted to see at all. And we've really had to learn how to communicate with each other and realize that just because some, you like to be communicated to in a certain way doesn't mean someone else needs to, but it's a journey. And we're always, I mean, we've done therapy together. We've done all the things. We treat our relationship almost like a marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. Yeah. What is, so you've done therapy together. How else have you really cultivated that just really clear communication and understanding in work and out of work? I think as well, it's like starting to look at that yourself, right? For me, it's never about, okay, the therapy with Natalie, it's like the therapy with myself and then sharing that with Natalie. Like, okay, actually I understand like these are my stories or these are Mm -hmm. my triggers. What can I do to work on those and overcome them? But then also share vulnerably with Natalie, like, hey, when you said this, this was a story I told myself, but really recognizing it, that is on me and not on her. And just really, and like Natalie said, just like any relationship, whether it's a marriage or whether it's a friendship, just learning and growing and really knowing in our hearts, we always have the very best intentions and Mm -hmm. no one's intentionally ever going out their way to upset each other. And I think just really allowing ourselves to learn and grow. Like, you know, we've been um, in business just over three years together now, which really is not that long, but we've been through so, so much that we're just continually like evolving as people and just being on that journey and open to that journey together I think has been really key yeah and that a big part of it is really just having grace with one Mm. another and having understanding of that person's experiencing and never expecting that person to be perfect and never fuck up because there's been times where I might have sent Danielle like a ridiculously reactive projected uh voice note or she's done the same to me and in that moment, you're just not your best self. You're showing up as this three-year-old that's just trying to get their emotions out. And in that moment, you just get to be a good friend and you get to be, you know what? I see you, I either, I'm going to, you know, take a few minutes to gather myself or I'm going to come and just let my guard down and, and speak to you where you're at and support you. And like Danielle said, it's all about doing your own work too, to get yourself in a, built, in a space to be able to do that or knowing you can't, but never showing up to match that other person's emotion if they're really in it. I I can say 
we've never had like a full on argument where we've both been really in it and like yelling at each other, anything like that. It's always been in, in, in a situation. One of us kind of steps into like what we call the parent role. One's like, you know what? Go for it. Go. I'm just going to, I'm going to hold this and then we'll take turns. And it, and it really helps and it makes you feel safe to then express with that person, Mm -hmm. which builds more trust, which then means you have a stronger relationship. Mm. Yes. Yeah. We've, yeah. People have asked, like, have you fought? We've never fought. Like, but we definitely have had our ups and downs of our relationship. We've been in business four years. And I think when you guys met, you immediately started the business too, or started to ideate Pretty it, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Same it with us. It was a whirlwind relationship. Yes. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even really know each other as friends, which I think was really helpful. Yeah. Because then you don't have this perception or idea of this person. And we can kind of both show up as like the business partners or podcast hosts that we wanted to. Um, for you guys to have the self-awareness enough to be like, this is a story I'm telling myself, or this is sort of like what I'm working with in the relationship, did you guys have to do work on your own to get to that place and realize that like what you were bringing up in each other was really your stuff? Yeah, we've both done so much work and I think it, we continue to, to do yeah. it. There's always going to be another layer that's unlocked and you're always realizing it. So we we do a lot of our own work individually, whether it's you know plant medicine, whether it's therapy, whether it's reading, meditation, like Lots of lots of different tools in the toolkit that you can call on when you need to. And when you do that work, I think you become a safe space for someone else to be able to do the work in relationship. Yeah, totally. I will say that I think for me personally, you know, I was in the UK up until February 2020 and mental health um, really mm. is not spoken about mm-hmm. so openly. So, you know, I was probably, you know, going into business with Natalie and I got a lot of my exposure from her friends and her who were living in Los Angeles at that time. And so I started doing that work in the UK, but that was also very isolating. Like I didn't actually openly speak about even to my parents that I was starting to see a therapist or any of these pieces because there was that stigmatism around like, oh, is something wrong with you like Mm. you like how are you feeling like what's going on versus like oh that's actually just like if you just like you would have a personal trainer and go to the gym like as you're growing and evolving and you want to have a stronger mindset and you want to achieve goals I just think mindset and mental health is just like that you need to work out and you need to have trainers and people who can help you through those things yeah I completely agree I think it's so underrated those pieces Mm -hmm. of business that don't on the surface look like they have a part in business, mm-hmm. like working on the partnership, therapy, plant medicine. I mean, are we looking in the mirror? Tell me here? more. I know. Honestly, in the mirror, I'm like, did you guys? What did you guys do? <laughs> we've we've done lots of different things together. Um, we've yeah. done we've done mushrooms together, which was really fun. We've done that a couple of times. I well. decided to move to LA on one of those trips. <laughs> That's the best. That's what I got here. You're like the mushrooms told me. <laughs> That's amazing. Source told me. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did ayahuasca together in Costa Rica. We did like four nights wow. of it. Mm-hmm. How, how was, was that? Yeah, how was that together? Because I know mushrooms, it can be quite social, but ayahuasca, I've done it. Danielle's going to do it soon. Oh, you very, are? Are you just in Costa? Yeah. Where? Wow. Um, Saltara. Saltara. Oh, cool. Oh, okay, cool. we went to Redmia. Her oh, Saltara yeah, is beautiful. Too. Yeah. Cool. It was interesting because we actually had a really gentle experience. And like you said, it's kind of a very, it's like you're in solitude when you're Mm -hmm. on Aya, you're not really interacting with people and they actually tell you not to if you're tempted. So I rarely saw Krista during the ceremony each night, but yeah, we, 
it was really gentle. We didn't get sick. Nothing came out at either end mm-hmm. and <laughs> lots of crying. Lots of, for me, a lots of visuals as if I was seeing like just pieces of my life, like as a movie on a movie screen. And yeah, just feeling incredibly connected to Mother Earth and the stars. Like it was just for me, it was it was really beautiful. I think it'd be cool for us to do it again, like yes. together. Because they were like, don't stay together. Because if you stay together, then you'll sort of corrupt is too much, but you'll be like in each other's experiences. You'll be so worried about each other. Yeah. Like if she started to puke or something, like she was crying, you'd kind of be concerned about what the other person is doing. So we stayed far away from each other, but I think we should do it again. Yeah. Like, but you'll you'll like it. It's great. You. It's like they say your experience is exactly what you need. And yeah. apparently we needed just like a very gentle yeah. intro. <laughs> I didn't have much, to be honest. I was like, felt like I was I'd done ecstasy. I just felt like I was on ecstasy. I was just like very... I had cool visuals and like some things, but I didn't have like anything profoundly transformational. Like I think some people do. So maybe I'll try it again. But I do think that stuff like plant medicine and even been thinking about when I had my periods in my life where I was doing like drugs, it's like, those are not the best ways to see ourselves, but they really can be quick ways to like see ourselves or see parts of ourselves that want to be expressed, like your move. You know, there are parts of mushrooms that are really helpful for like the direction and journey of your life. And I think as entrepreneurs, because we're so open to other things in business and life, like it's just natural for us to try new things or explore different Mm -hmm. outlets. It makes sense to sometimes explore these as well. Yeah. And I think the uh, such a big piece is the integration of it. So you might have that experience in one night, but what are you doing to follow up that experience in the weeks and yeah. months after that therapy? Because things might be unearthed and you might be unresourced to deal with them. So it might not be the most pleasant situation or things might continually come up where if you're working with a therapist for months after, you're still working through and integrating things. I know for me personally, that's been really important. Like sometimes plant medicine can give you a peek under the a veil of like oh you get to work on this thing mm-hmm. and then a therapist is you know trained in helping take you through that in a good mm-hmm. way I also did Hoffman I don't know if you've heard of mm-hmm. Hoffman the Hoffman experience is absolutely incredible that's not plant medicine it's just um, a deep dive week you go oh my friend Carly Stein has it and she mm-hmm. literally was like oh, is obsessed it's one of the it's best kind of like things. on-site yeah, it's wow. one of the best things I've ever done. You go away for a week, you hand your phone in and you just do a week of deep work. And it's really hard, but it's very gentle at the same time. Mm. Um, I would say probably beyond anything I've ever done, that one experience completely changed my life. And going into it, I, I mean, I was like, what, what's really going to happen? It's just a week of like being in the, like just chilling, being in the <laughs> Redwoods. And yeah, I was, I was very different when I came yeah, back. I've seen a big difference in you since you did that. Really? Yeah. What did you, um, like, what was your biggest learning? Oh, that's such a good question. I think it just helped me to, I remember going into it. I was very unsure of who I was mm-hmm. in a sense of for such a long time, I'd just been on this kind of like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Okay, I'm going to move here. I'm going to do this. Okay, I got married. Wait, what's my identity here? This was very quick marriage. Like I got married after four months. What's my identity there? And then business just started scaling like crazy. And I'm like, wait, who am I without the business, without all of these different things? I was just very, very unsure. Um, I went last year, I was 28, which I think is one of those ages where you start to be like, wait, who am I really at my core? And I remember going into Hoffman on day one and them asking, what do you want to get out of this? 
and I was just like, I want to have a deeper understanding of who I am and what I really want versus, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs or ambitious people can relate to this. You're sometimes on a magic carpet, right? Just like Mm -hmm. one opportunity after the next. And before you know it, if you don't slow down to take a real look at it, you might do it without intentionality. And I went into it like, I want to find out who I really am, what I want and be able to live from that place of intentionality. And I think I got that from there. Mm. Was it like deep group therapy? Uh, Group and individual. It was very somatic. So the way that I typically explain it is like, we all know we store so much in our body and we, we just constantly from childhood store so much. And we never really get the chance to go back to that place where, you know, we're a three-year-old and X happened and it made us feel a certain way. They work with you very somatically to identify those things that you're holding in your body. And they make you feel safe enough to really go back and tap into your inner child and really reparent that inner child that's just looking for attention or love or affection and things like that. So you do most of the works individually. They might teach concepts as a group, but then you go away and do your own work. And that's in some of the practices that they have you do. Um, You know, some of the journaling, some of the times they put you in silence, different things like that. Whoa. Powerful. Yeah. Did your partner go with you? He went first. He oh, went, really? No yeah. Way. Uh, he went about six months before I did because I'd heard of it from a friend. And my husband was like, I really want to do that. So he just booked right away and went wow. within like a week's notice. And wow. he came back just completely changed. Just, I like loved him even more than I did before he went, which I didn't think was possible. And I just loved seeing that change in him. Aww. And so it made me want to go. And it was really nice to have him go first because I felt like when I came back, he was in a place to hold space a lot better. Whereas he's used to me doing really weird things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going and doing these weird things and coming back and he is like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but fine, I'm going to be there for you. But with Hoffman, it was so like, there's there's certain things when you go to Hoffman, you get told, hey, don't tell anyone about this experience because when they come, it should be very unique. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so, sure. so when I came back and I was talking to him about those things, I'm like, I wouldn't be able to talk about this with anyone else, but he could hold space in a different way, which again, I think in your relationships, it's just important that you're, you're both on the same wavelength mm-hmm. and can hold space for each other. That's huge. Powerful. Wow. That is fascinating. And yeah, it's really nice to talk to you guys about the the friendship thing and being in business because I think people see the outside and they're like, that looks so fun. And it is, you know, it's just a joy, but there is a lot of work to it. And especially as women, I think we have to work against like, you know, what's been ingrained in us to be competitive or to compare or to like seek validation outside. And I think when we do things like therapy, it's just so important. Um, How do you guys work on things just like in the way that your business is structured because it's social? There's so much of like validation in numbers and sort of like in like social response. So how do you guys make sure that you're like being mindful, but also finding validation from within? I think that's a great question because, you know, for me as well, a lot of my roles have not been like the social forward side of things. So a lot of my numbers are kind of like less, how do I say it, less glorified, you know? But I think really like we always treat Boss Babe as like a baby, like it's a whole entity. And so all of those things have to marry together. And so whenever we're thinking around like, okay, what what is going to get the instant 
like gratification and instant results, but how does that affect long-term as well? And I think for us, it's always been that continued conversation around, okay, what can we do short-term, but what does long-term look like? And then we've built that onto like our values as a company or our values and our partnership and always just lift by those. So we always have like a lens that we're looking through things. So we can always like, it's so easy if you don't have like those ground rules of like who you are as a company and what you attest to be like. Um, it's very easy to get swayed, but I think we've always been really rooted in like what we'll do, what we'll say and what we won't do and what we won't say. Yeah. And we were just having a conversation this morning about the idea of competing attention um, mm. intentions. Mm. And so what that might be is, okay, we say on one hand, we want to have a really supportive culture where we can nurture and coach our team. And on the other hand, we're driving for a really aggressive growth goal. Are those intentions both competing? And if mm. they are, it makes things very unclear and it means you don't know where you're going in. You don't know how to prioritize and neither does your team. And so we kind of try and take this intentionality towards anything we do. When we're thinking about what's our revenue goal, what's our community goal. We were just chatting to you guys before we came on air about, you know, we do less things than people might think. Like we're on fewer channels than we are on channels. And that's really important for us because if we're saying, okay, we're going to prioritize the podcast this year, or we're going to prioritize the Instagram this year, then it's very hard to justify being on TikTok, being on uh, Clubhouse, being on all of these different apps when you know that's your main goal. So we just try and stick to a focus and go all in with it. Mm. How do you because I'm thinking about like sticking to that goal, but then having all of these other platforms just kind of blow up and have Mm -hmm. that intensity and kind of allure around them. So how do you know, like how do you kind of justify that one goal and where your focus is? Do you, is it between just you both? Do you have mentors, coaches? Do you have like experts that you're tapping into? Mm -hmm. All of the above. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it really, and by the way, it's okay to change it every quarter. It's okay to be like Q1, my focus on Instagram, Q2, we're focused on podcasts. Okay. to Change it. But it really comes down to, well, what's the point of me doing that? Why would I be doing that? Okay, if I get on talk t- TikTok, TikTok, if I get on TikTok, <laughs> it's new actually, there's another one. <laughs> if I get on this app, what am I trying to get from it? Okay, well, I'm trying to grow an audience. Why? Um, so that I can grow my business. How? Well, I would want to grow my membership. Okay, well, how would you do that? Well, I'd get them on my email list. Oh, so it looks like your focus is your email list. And so it's really just peeling back those layers to understand what that main goal is. And so if we decide, okay, you know what, for 2021, our main goal is growing our email list, then it's really easy to justify doing Instagram and YouTube and podcast and Clubhouse, as long as you're using those secondary channels to drive towards the one channel. Mm -hmm. And always tracking that metric. So not getting so caught up in the YouTube followers or the Instagram followers, just noticing, okay, I'm doing this thing. Is it pushing me closer towards that goal of growing my email list or that thing that I believe is going to move the needle in our business? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think around it's like not spreading that energy too thin. Like we only have like a certain amount of that. And so we always try to be in like, don't get, don't get us wrong. Like shiny object syndrome does exist. We're like, oh, is that a better way of doing that? Should we look at that? <laughs> but just really trying to come back to, okay, if we, if we put energy into all of these different places, we're not going to get as far as if we kind of hone in on one or two things to really move the needle. And I think that's what we've always tried to get the balance with. And it's really helpful when there's two of you to be like, I will always say, Natalie, I don't disagree, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. <laughs> like, 
that's I always say that mm-hmm. you know, I always like, try and like look okay do we actually need to do that is that always going to go to is that going to help us towards our goal or is that just going to be a distraction in the meantime and how did you guys determine just for people that are listening that are entrepreneurs or you know business owners are wanting to start how did you guys determine email list as like your number one priority so for us it's always been Firstly, it's been something that we're good at. And I really think lean into something that you're good at. And secondly, it's always been a big needle mover for us, whether that's in the way that we can create connection with our community or whether it's the way in which we convert people into our programs. It's always been a real needle mover. And because for me, I'll just speak for myself. I love to write. I really, really do. So writing comes a lot more naturally to me than filming videos for YouTube. And when you choose the path of least resistance for you, it's often the most effective because you're more likely to be consistent with it. You're more likely to put more energy into Mm. it. So it really was a kind of a mix of like, what are we good at? And what do we know is going to move the needle? And if you think around emails as like real estate, you like fully own that, Mm -hmm. you know, Instagram, you're like leasing you're kind of like renting that space in a way. You don't really fully own it. Um, whereas it emails like you own, they're mm-hmm. your entity. Um, mm-hmm. So that's another reason why we've always made sure we've focused on that as well. Mm. I'm curious, you know, just as we continue to talk, I feel like it's it's really cool to see kind of where your strengths and just kind of your personalities pop. On your website, I saw the Zone of Genius quiz, which I love and... Mm-hmm. Um, reading Gay Hendrick's work. I I ju- yeah, I just He's so good. adore him. And I just think it's so clear and really freeing. How, wh- how and when did you find your zone of genius? Has it always been clear or what was that like? <laughs> yeah, I think different answers for both of us. <laughs> yeah, very different answers. For me, yes, it's always been clear. It was very natural, but I think... Well, for you, Danielle, yeah. it's been less so. Oh, it's been a work in progress. <laughs> Danielle's you. a mess. Man. I know. I have like, so much stress over this. Like for so long, I was like, I probably kind of really related to like a heptathlete. You know, I was like good at a lot of things, mm-hmm. but wasn't really like excelling in one thing to just compete in that, you know, compete in that one sport. And it took me, I felt so guilty about that for so long. But in time, I really realized that that's who I needed to be. And actually that, was my genius zone at that point, you know, being able to be good and understand loads of different bits so that we could actually, you know, grow the company. Because like you say, when you're growing a company from scratch, you have to be all of the things. And so it was really, really nice for me to be able to just be like, okay, it's okay that I'm like one minute. I mean, I I must have had so many titles in Boss Babe. It's insane. Like I've collected. <laughs> so what are, what's your title? Titles. Mine's CEO. And then yours has been like. Oh, it's been everything. It's been customer <laughs> services. It's been CEO. It's been president. It's been co CEO. It's been like, head of operations. You like, wake up one day, you're like, you know what? New title. It's been business development. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm okay with that now. And I realized that that was my genius for a long time. As it's developed, I'm really able to see a lot of the things that I can definitely lean into and have definitely been like, wow, I actually really excel in this area. Um, but it, it took me a long time to get there. And what about, so what, what, what do you love to do in the business? I love business development. So for me, it's being able to kind of like connect the dots for our growth is really, really powerful for me and something I really, really enjoy. Um, and then also just being behind the scenes, you know, I don't, I love doing podcasts. I love being on stage, but do you know what? I, 
I'm not about having my face on Instagram every day. <laughs> and so it's been really nice for me to kind of like work in the back end of things and the operations and just making sure like stuff happens. I'm really good at, Natalie's really good at starting things and I'm really good at finishing things. Like oh, wow. I'll dig deep. When everyone else is giving up, I'm like, come on team, we've committed to this. I'm like driving it. I'm really freaking good at finishing things. <laughs> That's actually amazing. Wow. That is not my case. Natalie is just like, okay, we have this joke where Natalie, like we say, Natalie gives birth to these babies and just passes them to me. So I have like all the little, all the little babies. What's an example of that? Ugh, oh, pick, pick one. Everything. I mean, we'll just have an idea for something and I'll go away and research it and I'll conceptualize it. I'll design it. I'll make it look great. You know, it will get it off to a, a certain success level. And then I'm like, huh, what's next? And I'll forget about it. And Danielle's like, you know, this thing still exists. Oh yeah. And she'll just <laughs> pick it up. You're very, very good at seeing things through to like the very, very end. And I, yeah. and that's what, that's something for me. I actually realized this um, when I was in university, we did a team project and we each had to do um, team roles and we did these personality tests and we got told to look for starters and finishers. And it was really interesting to see that actually exists. And I was like, oh my God, there's actually people that can finish things. I just couldn't get my head around it because it's just not me. And we didn't even go into our relationship knowing that's what we needed, but it it happened very naturally, which was great because I just don't think we would have been here without that. No, I don't. I think you're you're an amazing starter as well. I think we we have a very interesting way that we ideate stuff. So Natalie will be like there, and then I'll like kind of like you know send some good lines in, or I'll be on that first deck together, and I'll just like throwing things over the fence, just like catching them. And, yeah, that's a good idea. And then you know, she'll do it more, and I'll come in, and then it comes back to me. And we have this kind of like this two like, two way approach, don't we? Who are you guys like? Down. What are the decks for? Who are you guys presenting them to? To each other. <laughs> I'm literally obsessed with that. No, we um so we have a team that we we yeah. have a leadership team and then we have our okay, full cool. team. Okay. So we do present decks quite a lot to make sure that we're really getting mm. people bought in and everyone knows that we're rowing in the same direction. But before anything goes past wow. me or Danielle, we always do it together and gut check with each mm. other because we're very good at seeing what's missing from each other's uh, work. Yeah. But we always generally go to our team with a pitch deck with a deck so that people can refer back to it and um, people are learners in different ways some people can hear it some people need to see it some people need to read it and if they've got that it helps people to understand where they're rowing towards and Mm. also like for us it's really important that we don't share things too early too because it just means it's so confusing or distracting for the team so there are a lot of decks that don't even see the team don't even see in the end which is probably a good job but um, you know there's there's just a lot for us like Natalie and I we need to really flush ideas out before we kind of share them with the teams because otherwise it'll just be overwhelming. Like I know, I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs will get this, right? Like we do like shiny objects and mm-hmm. we do like new things and we do like starting and growing stuff. And that's really, really exciting for us. And we also need to remember that not everyone's like that and other people can find that super overwhelming. So how many people are on the team? Everyone um, 20, 20 now. Yeah, sure. wow. And then what's your leadership team like? Uh, small. Yeah. yeah, there's four of us. Yeah. And so it's you two and then two others? Yeah. yeah. And then who does the day-to-day interaction with the team? Like what's sort of that like? We have a chief of staff. Okay, cool. Yeah, who does um, the majority of the interactions with the team and keeps everyone rowing in the same direction and makes sure everyone's happy. That's new though, like for, yeah. for a long time. Natalie and I have been really in the business and we keep, you know, it's really important to be in the business and then work on the business. In 2020, we were definitely in the business more than 
we wanted to be. So it's really nice yeah. moving in with our new hires that we can start pulling out again, which I think is just really important. But you have to do what you need to do in certain moments of growth as well. And I, I always really want to be, you know, you were talking earlier, when for us, one lens that we always really passionate about sharing is like the real behind the scenes of building businesses. Mm-hmm. And I never want anyone to listen and be like, oh yeah, it has to be this way or it has to be easy or it has to be this. Like there are times when it's like, yeah, we're books us to do that. But the reality is that just can't be done and you have to roll your sleeves up and get in and do it yourself. But we are at this point where we've really invested in our team and I really, if there's anything that an entrepreneur takes away is like hire slow and fire yeah. fast mm-hmm. is so yeah. crucial. And we took a really long time to hire our chief of staff and she has just been absolutely incredible. Like a complete game changer for us. Oh. So what have you, because you know we talk about this a lot just with ma- managing a team and how much time and energy that you have to put into it. What have been your takeaways when you were really in the business and interacting with your team on a daily basis? What are your biggest takeaways for people that are building a team? Uh, So many things. I mean, in the beginning, it's really important to realize that if you're not clear, there is absolutely no way that your team is clear and people cannot perform at their best without clarity. And so you have to be really good at first getting clear yourself, but then being able to communicate that really clearly. So people know what success looks like for them, because if they don't know what success looks like, they're never going to measure up to you or to themselves. And sometimes people can get stuck in a loop of they don't get that positive feedback that they're looking for. So they start to doubt themselves. So then their work slips even more and it just repeats itself in this cycle. And what can, what has happened to us in the past is we might have looked at an employee who wasn't performing consistently over time. And we're like, they're just not a fit anymore or something's gone wrong here versus just realizing they just need a win. They need a win and they need to know that they are doing a good job and we need to make that path clearer for them. That's something that we've really learned. Yeah, we've had like really detailed job descriptions now as well with KPIs that everyone, it's really, it's really outlined because people want to know. So this is an analogy that I use. It's like people need to know what their, what the boundary is that they can play in. And I'm not like equating employees to children or anything like that, but you know, they need to know like what's safe and what's not. Like what is the playground? What are the markings? What are the rules of the playground? Like everyone needs to know. And even as leaders, we need to know that. And so I think that's something that we've worked really hard at putting in place. The other thing I love to do is take personality tests. Love that. So we have a slight obsession with that. But we have everyone in the, as they're onboarding and they take personality tests so that we can know things like even down to their love languages because you can have love, love languages with a partner but you can also have them in work and relationships and knowing like, okay, if someone receives praise, do they like a gift? Do they like words of affirmation? Like what is it for them that allows them to feel seen? And just really understanding like Nasty shared earlier when we do decks, there's different types of learners. So the more that we know about the people that we can we work with, the more that we can play to their strengths and help them thrive because ultimately that's what we want everyone in our company to thrive and enjoy coming every day. Um, so we've just been like, it's in a gradual process, but really just putting a lot of these pieces in mm. um, has really helped. Yeah, and like bringing it full circle, I think that playground analogy is so important because early on, you and I defined our own playgrounds yeah. with our roles. So true. And now mm. it's kind of, it goes without saying, I know what I have complete say on and Danielle knows what she has complete say on. And there are times when we might disagree with each other and we just don't say it. We're like, you know what? 
you know more about this than me. That is your zone of genius. That's your area. Go do it. I'm in full support versus challenging just for the sake of challenging Mm -hmm. or just to have your ideas heard. I'm like my playground. I'm never going to challenge Danielle when it comes to like ops things and running the business and business dev in, in certain ways, because I'm like, I might have ideas, but I'm not in it. And I trust that whatever decision she's making, she's making for the good of the company and, and same, yeah. uh, the other way around when it comes to say content, you know, Danielle might come to me and say, Hey, are you open to feedback on that piece of content? I might be like, not really. I'm like struggling getting in flow right now. I'm just like, cool, fine with that. And, mm. and we just trust that we have the right intentions. Wow. Love that. Yeah. I love that. I'm actually learning a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling inspired and stressed at what, we're, <laughs> what to do. Um, I'm curious about this because I actually don't know the answer myself. Do you think that people are naturally born entrepreneurs or do you think that they can become entrepreneurs? I think it's a mix. I was born an entrepreneur. I think it depends on your values. Mm. So I wasn't born an entrepreneur. I was not the child like Natalie is selling sweets around the block. You know, that was not me. Um, <laughs> But what happened to my role is I was always a really hard worker and I always had all the jobs and I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, had retail jobs, teaching dance. Like I was like the wealthiest kid because I just had all this work, all these jobs and no time to spend my money. Right. But the, the value there was that I really, really was obsessed with growth. Like I always wanted to do better, learn more. Um, And so that inspired my entrepreneurial journey. And I think that could have easily been within a career and I could have kept, you know, working up the ladder. But my other core value is freedom. Yeah, so that combined, Mm -hmm. that growth and freedom is just like the entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. (laughs) magic, really. Mm. Um, So that's where I found myself. Totally. Yeah, mine is freedom. You know, from a young age, I was like, when I realized that, I wasn't, I didn't get an allowance or anything. When I realized that if I had money, I could do what I wanted. I was like, oh my God. And so I just was like always working forever. And I think freedom was like the biggest thing for me to be an entrepreneur. And I think I was, I don't, I think I was born to be one because I've always been a questioner. Mm -hmm. Like I would always be in work environments and just be like, why are we doing this? Or why are we doing this this way? Or why are we like, like I didn't really like the social expectations and weirdness that happens at corporate jobs where it's like people do things that they don't want to do consistently and no one makes change. I didn't really like that. So I'd always be questioning things, but yeah, I wonder that too. And I think what I want to get across is that I think people, if they have the work ethic or they just are really clear in their values that they can be an entrepreneur if they really seek to be. Yeah. I think it's like a passion in a way. Mm -hmm. It's not like the easiest journey. So I feel like, you know, if you, if you're an entrepreneur, like there's something in your heart that's yearning mm-hmm. to do that. Yes. And I was thinking too the other day how it's like, I thought when I would wasn't an entrepreneur, I'm like, if I'm an entrepreneur, it's easier. Oh. And you know, <laughs> and I actually thought that I was like, oh, once I have freedom, all is well. And I actually technically have freedom now, but I don't. You know, there still is like a nuance to the freedom that you create when you are an entrepreneur because there are things that I have to do actually to make money. You know, there are things that, so I actually thought it would be a lot easier being an entrepreneur and it's just so much harder than I ever thought. Yeah. And I, I do think it's quite glamorized at times Mm -hmm. as like the best career choice and the thing everyone should aspire to. I mean, especially with Instagram, you see it all the time and it really isn't and it shouldn't Mm -hmm. be. You know, not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur isn't as glamorous as it might look. There are so many things that come with that. Um, And we have a lot of entrepreneurial people in our team 
who have been out, tried the entrepreneur thing and been like, you know what? I love that one thing that I'm really good at. Let's say it's writing copy. I hate the filing my LLC, doing Mm -hmm. my taxes, doing managing people. That pulls me away from the thing that I'm really good at. Mm. That they talk about that in the book, The E Myth, where, you know, let's say you bake really amazing cupcakes. That's what you're you're known for. And you're like, I'm going to start a bakery. And all of a sudden the bakery takes off um, and you move away from being the person Mm -hmm. that makes the cupcakes to the person that manages team that tallies up uh, how much you made at the end of the day, what you're spending, how to market yourself takes you away from that thing you're really, really good at. And, And for me, that's great. I love that side of entrepreneurship. And for some people it's not. And I really just, for anyone listening who has ever felt like that's the glamorized way to go, I just don't think it is. I think it's a mix and I think it's different for every single Mm -hmm. person. You Mm -hmm. could be so good at what you do and not be your own boss. Mm -hmm. And I think there could be like an entrepreneurial energy within a -hmm. corporate setting or within a smaller startup company where you take initiative and you own, you know, ideas that you have or a group of people have and kind of drive that. So I think you could live within, because we have a lot of people who are in corporate Mm -hmm. jobs, not necessarily entrepreneurs and yeah, just wanting to like empower them as well. Because I think like those pieces of them that are like, huh, should I start my own business? But again, like don't really love that part of the process on the other side of it can actually be like that entrepreneur within the company. I completely agree with that. I think you can get like entrepreneurs, particularly in startups, are like phenomenal for that. I love it when our team come with ideas and initiatives. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm yes. just like, mm-hmm. and you, know, you were saying earlier, we were chatting around like getting, encouraging team to thrive. That was a really big learning for us as well. Like how much weight mine and Natalie's, you know, words have in our team and giving them back some of that power and be like, no, like you're in this on the daily. You tell us if you think there's something that could be done better in what you're doing on a daily basis, let us know. Um, because when you have people taking that initiative in companies, like that's when you mm-hmm. really grow and thrive. But I quite agree. Like I actually am, um, I did a few interviews of women who have gone and been in the corporate and versus just starting a business straight away, they've gone and worked in a startup so they mm. could really get that feel for that and decide whether they still wanted to be an entrepreneur or actually they just really kind of thrived in that earlier stage business, but with other people around them because entrepreneurial journey can be lo- lonely, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why we created our membership because we were lonely as our, <laughs> yes. in our businesses before that. Yeah, and one thing I want to circle back on when you had said, oh, I'm getting so inspired and I'm also getting stressed from all these things. Honestly, if I've learned one thing about being a a business owner, it's that it is so easy to give advice. Mm -hmm. And it is also very difficult to be able to apply advice because everyone's business is so different. And behind the scenes of everyone's business, there are so many problems. And for a while, we kind of got Mm -hmm. in that space of like, oh my God, everyone's doing things better than us. Everyone's coming to us with all these ideas, all these feedback and all this bits of advice, but we don't have capacity. We don't have time. We're not sure about doing X, Y, Z. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is like, I can hear feedback or I can hear advice and ideas and be like, sounds good not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That discernment is so huge of that. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit, but for like specifically your, you have your mental health support with therapists, like for coaches and 
are you guys part of masterminds? Do you guys work with coaches regularly or what sort of is your support for like your up level and learning all of these strategies you guys use? Yeah. So we're not in any formal masterminds or have coaching. We have a really good therapist. We have the same one. Um, but we're you in- do when you go separate. Yeah. 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 Really? She's just really good. Yeah. I love wow. that. We've had to stop giving her name out there. I know. She's getting too busy. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're in masterminds with friend groups. Okay. Yeah. So groups of friends that come together with the sole purpose of supporting each other. So we're in masterminds where it's never about what you can gain from the other person. Like, mm-hmm. of course, every single one of us has something unique that we can bring to the table, but you want to be in spaces where it feels like, you know, people are there just heart open, ready to support. And those are the kind of groups that we've, we move towards. So we just have been in some that are facilitated by other people and have facilitated our own. And we're in, you know, text threads and WhatsApps and we do Zooms mm-hmm. with them. And it's really nice to have that. It's nice to have a safe space with people who have experience, who you can go to and say, hey, my team's feeling really demotivated this week or hey, my payment processor work, uh, my payment processor isn't, isn't working. What do I do? And have that support. That's been so incredibly important. We've also had periods where we have done paid coaching as well. So like if we've had something that we've particularly been focusing on in our business, um, so we wanted to do... Um, improve our leadership framework um, to which Natalie and I could work with. So we saw a woman who got much more experience in bigger startups than us. Um, so kind of around like the the kind of 25 to 50 million. And so just really like saying like, how do we not full corporate, but how do we start, you know, introducing more formalities? So it's like, again, marking out that playground for everyone as well. So, you know, whenever we have periods where we want you want to focus on something we're very intentional about who we seek out as well like we always like to learn from people who have been where we want to be versus so we're very selective of where we take our advice as well which is what I would always recommend for people yeah that's a really good point we didn't know how to structure in all hands and have people present their data to us so we just went to someone who could teach us and when we wanted to start YouTube we didn't want to just buy a camera and go all out. So we hired a coach that could teach us how to do YouTube. We also just recently hired StoryBrand. Have you heard of Donald mm-hmm. Miller building a story brand? It's no. a really great book. Um, we read that book and got so much out of it. So we hired a story brand facilitator. They basically help you to tell your brand story in a oh, way wow. that connects with your clients. Smart. Um, and we got a facilitator to come in and spend two days with our team. And we all brainstormed and got super clear. And it was really good for two reasons. We we got to learn a lot about how to structure the story brand and we got to have our our entire team on the same page and their ideas were heard. And it's, you know, Boss Babe isn't just me and Danielle, it's our entire team and it's our entire community. So things like that, we love to invest in. It's such a great ROI for us. Yeah, I love pulling in the team. I think, you know, those moments with our team as well, it's on a smaller scale, but just having bringing them into the fold of our learning, whether mm-hmm. it's coaching. We or have just like psychics. Do a clearing. <laughs> oh, we do oh, that too. Like, you do. Like, yeah. Kiki's here. We, yeah, we're going to do, a, we're gonna do a, a curse breaking. Anyway, yeah, like curse breaking abundance mindset meditation. Okay. <laughs> oh my um, God. Just on the, before we get into the podcast, just on the financial end, did you guys have like always have just a really good handle on money and especially as it translates to entrepreneurship or did you kind of have to, Mm -hmm. you know, rework either your relationship with money 
No, I, we've always had a good grandma money. That's we're good. Virgo and a Capricorn here. Like, oh, we are Virgo, Capricorn, <laughs> damn, very grounded. Wow. Uh, so I think I think for sure with regards to, I've always been good with money in mm-hmm. the sense that um, I've never been one of those people who would spend more than they'd earned. I've always had a lot of respect for money. The one thing I did learn though was that I did not come from an affluent background, so I hit money ceilings along the way. And my relationship with money has got better and I've actively worked on that. But right from the get-go, we always had like P&Ls. We always knew, like we were always looking at our bank balance. We were always always going, okay, can we spend this? Like, you know, one thing that um, I always say to people, and a lot of people don't realize this, it was actually 18 months before I went full-time in Boss Babe because I was actually a chiropractor and I had other businesses. So I had a really, really good hourly rate. So it didn't make sense for me to leave that one. We could be paying people people on our team to do things that then I would just be doing and foregoing my other salary. So I always think there's that balance and we've always been very like looked at it objectively around what's going to suit and yeah, just had that kind of had our ducks in a row around there. Yeah. And I definitely had some money mindset issues. Again, I didn't grow up with money quite the opposite. Um, and I had this big fear around losing money. Mm-hmm. I really had this big fear around losing money. And I did a lot of work on that and was able to channel it in a more productive way, which meant that for me, it's really important that I know exactly our money situation, both uh, personal finance and business finance. So with my husband, we're really, really proactive about, we have a financial advisor, we have spreadsheets, we have tracking apps. We're very clear on that. And then same with us us in business, we're very good at tracking it and we have uh, weekly reports sent to us. We can log in um, on a daily basis and see exactly how we're doing. Um, And that's really important to me because when I had you know, a lot of issues around money mindset. One of my patterns was to avoid, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was in university and I was in overdraft and student debt and all of those things, it was a lot easier for me to avoid it than look at it and acknowledge where I was really at. And my biggest kind of foot forward in that space was looking at it. Okay, even if it makes you uncomfortable, go look at how much you spent this month. Even if you're in debt, go look at how much you spent this month. And that's been really helpful because the minute you start avoiding something, it just piles up and gets worse. And so it's like confronting those things that make you really uncomfortable until it does. It's like exposure therapy until Mm -hmm. it doesn't make you uncomfortable anymore. The mental and emotional is just such a huge piece of like the energetics around Mm -hmm. money. I completely agree. Once I started to actually look at it, uh, it just diffused the the power that it had and building habits around it as well you kind of alluded that to that like we'll have it weekly we'll be going in and looking at it and going in separately or together 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 and then do you guys or I guess when you were recognizing the ceilings Danielle like and then breaking through them like how did you recognize and then break through a ceiling that's a great question I think for me very similar to very similar to Natalie's actually mine was a lot around okay am I going to lose it? You Uh know? And really just understanding that first piece. And then my second bit of work through that I needed to do was around speculating to accumulate in a positive way. Mm -hmm. So in my natural instinct is to be more of a hoarder. (laughs) Natalie, I'll tell you this. I really like spending money. (laughs) And so for me, there was a lot around like those two tying in with actually, okay, if I spend it wisely, like actually it's not spending it, it's investing it. Mm-hmm. 
then seeing those returns come in. Mm-hmm. And so really just testing that bit by bit. And even as we like growing our team, like I'm not going to lie, I got anxiety when we're increasing payroll, et cetera. I'm like, okay. But just, you know, bit by bit pushing that boundary. And for me, I've always really found it that you can have the fear of not doing something, but the fear of, so the fear of doing something, the fear of not doing something has always actually been scarier for me. So I've always like held on to, okay, well, if we, we want to go to here, we want to make sure that we are growing the business in this way. So the fear of investing that is actually less than not achieving that bigger goal in the long point. So just really like putting it against something and saying like what my bigger vision is and going, okay, I'm so aligned and that vision is so heartfelt that actually like investing in this feels a little less scary. And because I am a Virgo, I'll always back it, back it up with a plan. So like my plan will be there. So I want to see the return in this time. And if I don't, then I can pivot. Yeah. And we just recently did a podcast um, with one of our best friends, Alyssa Nobrega, and we were talking about why is it that people don't push past their upper limits? You know, they say they want to make X amount of money, but they don't do it. And she was like, well, imagine driving a car. You have one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake. Mm. And the foot on the brake is all of those unconscious beliefs or or worries that are holding you back. And so uh, she was talking about how she'll typically work with clients and she's been in the therapy and coaching space for over 16 years she'll work with clients and they say you know okay I want to want to make 100k okay so what are you afraid of if that happens and initially they're like nothing of course nothing I'll feel great and she's like sit with it let's play with that and she she would notice things would come up for people while I'm worried that I would um, not be able to spend time with my family. I'm worried X, Y, Z would happen. And there's always something there mm. that you can work with if you give yourself a chance to pause and look at it. It was it was really mm. insightful for you us. Know what? That's just reminded me. I did a um, goal setting session for our membership yesterday, the Society, and I literally I always like to start them with like a meditation. And the meditation was around like sometimes the fear of isn't of not achieving. It's like what if I do achieve it? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. What if I What if I do all these things that I say I want to do? Mm-hmm. And that can actually be really fearful for a lot of people. So you're really right. I Wise love words. that. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah, our friend Peter Kelly, um, she was speaking recently at, our, at a virtual event we did and she was just speaking to that of like, wow, we are just so afraid of our own mm-hmm. liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a really powerful thing because it sounds like, wait, what? but it's so true and so deeply ingrained. Curious, last question for me, just on starting a podcast. And at what point did you feel like it was time? And it is, as we all know, a lot more work than, Mm -hmm. um, than people might realize from the get, but what was the value and what was the intention behind starting the podcast? We wanted to start it for such a long time, but it was kind of if we can't do it properly, why do yeah. it at all? We've been go we've we're on our hundred and fiftieth episode now, I think. Yeah. It's it's been it's been going, it's been growing. But when we first started it, it was like if we cannot commit to being consistent, we won't do it. Yeah. Um and it was one of those things that we played around with, but we just knew we weren't prioritizing. So as soon as we decided to do it, that was the rule. If we cannot be consistent, we won't do it at all. And you know, we think back to the Instagram days. The only reason we did so well on Instagram is because we showed up four times a day, even on the days we didn't want to, even on the days we were tired, even on the days four we times had hangovers. Four a day? Yeah. yeah. That, that's what we did. That's what we've always done. Where is it? Do you guys beginning. use a scheduler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. 
And it's still totally four mo- times a day? Still four times a day. Holy moly. I think in the entire Bless. time, I would say I've only ever missed four times a day, less than seven days. No and way. Yeah, yeah, I do not miss it. And I wanted to bring the same consistency to podcasting because I know it works. Um, and that's that's my biggest piece of advice with starting anything. It's, are you really going to show up and do it consistently? Yeah, and for me, I am a um, quality over quantity type person. And for me, in-depth relationships are really important. And I love that about podcasts. Like, I love that you get to spend, like, it's long form. You get to have a conversation. And, you know, I'm, Natalie shared earlier that she's someone who loves writing. I don't like writing. I just love chatting away. <laughs> so um, podcasts were definitely my love language. And mm-hmm. also just being able to meet amazing people and ask those behind the scene questions. So, you know, one thing that we love about the Boss Week podcast is that we kind of ask those questions that not a lot of people get asked. That's one thing we always try and do is like, how can we make it different? How can we ask those like tangible pieces? Those questions that, you know, they'll give one answer and we'll, we'll dig a little bit deeper mm-hmm. on that one answer that they just gave. And so for that, that was like a passion and just being able to, like you say, get to know amazing, amazing people that, you know, otherwise outreach would maybe be a bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you get to know them otherwise? Like, like hey, do you want to come on my podcast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Because I want to ask you all these questions. <laughs> Could be like a coaching session. It's I mean, so we just got, like, oh, literally. Coaching advice right now. Yes. Um, last question for me is just about your guys' Saturn return. So we were talking <laughs> about Saturn returns before and this podcast was inspired by our Saturn return. I think I got out of mine October of last year. I think, not sure. But for you ladies, what has the Saturn return experience been like? I literally looked straight at Danielle. <laughs> I literally, everyone was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know when my Saturn return's officially supposed to end. Maybe it already has officially ended, but it definitely does I not don't feel think like it has. <laughs> Just, Danielle's got this, this Saturn return swagger going yeah. on. Literally. Post-Saturn return swagger. You literally, yeah. like, I don't know. Can, but, you, can you have a Saturn return that lasts four years? <laughs> Starts when yeah. I started Boss Babe. Yeah, moved to true. America. <laughs> I think yours is still going. I, I think mine's only just starting. Really? Yeah. How are you? 29. I just turned yeah. 29. Oh my gosh, wow. bless. Yeah. Okay. A month ago. So I think mine's only just kicking up. Um, I think you're in yours. Yeah. Friend. I think for me as well, like, you know, <laughs> And it's a period of change, right? Yes. Your Saturn return. Mm-hmm. And for me, my my 20s were very much on a treadmill that I put myself on. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're just on that path and you've kind of set the, you, or, you, or maybe it was even more like a, a I don't know, maybe I sat, set the sat-nav up. Maybe it was a jet car journey. I don't know what analogy you want to use. <laughs> do they say sat-nav in America? No. Oh, what do you yeah, say? I didn't think so. <laughs> what, what do you know saying? your audience, Danielle. I was, <laughs> they set the sat-nav, right? Like the, the navigation, navigation system. system. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. got it, got yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, thanks, thanks for catching that. It's like a different language. Guys, <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, don't, I felt like in my 20s, I'd kind of set that destination. Oh, set a nav. Got it. Yeah. A hundred. Yeah, that's, that does make sense. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, sat, you, a satellite yep. navig- navigation. Yes. It's called yes. sat nav. Yes. Yeah, I'm educating Got it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, before you know it, Americans will be saying sat nav. Yeah. <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> Quote me on it here. Um, yeah, and so I just feel like on my 20s, I kind of had this vision or this destination in mind of where I was going, but it hadn't really been picked from a place of my heart. It had been picked from what I thought I needed to do. Um, I spent a lot of my 20s feeling like I needed to be someone for different people versus really tapping into, well, actually, who do I want to be for me? 
And so that's what my Saturn return has been about, really just kind of like listening to my truth and going, okay, is that actually my answer? Or is that the answer that I think people want to hear? Am I doing that because I want to do it? Or is it because I'm too nervous at the repercussions of saying no? Right. And yeah, I'm still in it. <laughs> it's, it's an a exciting time. It's a very and how about you? Time. What do you feel like, has anything happened yet? No, I I think it's starting to kick off because I'm noticing myself getting like antsy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're planning a move to Austin and I think that definitely has part of it, just wanting a, a bit of fresh energy. Um, I've definitely been in a place where I've been reevaluating a lot of things and um, we were just doing that this morning, going through business goals and challenging each other and reevaluating. So I'm, I'm getting there. I'm very antsy right now. I'm very up in the air. I'm like, where do I want to be? Where do I want to travel? What do I want to do? Um, which feels really fun and scary. I'm Capricorn through and through. Mm. And so for me, I have a plan for a plan for a plan for a plan. And not having those plans is yeah. very unnerving. Mm-hmm. So we're working with that. We're working with a therapist. Oh my gosh. Saturn for Saturn return. Mm-hmm. Mine was crazy. I mean, I left, you know, we built, started building the podcast. I was in the corporate world before. So I, mm-hmm. I was in the corporate world for two years when we were building the podcast eight years before. And then um, just had crazy some health things, a lot of friendship changes for me. And then really just more of a deepening into my spiritual awakening and like who I am and how I show up. Yeah, I had a pretty, pretty bad breakup, I think, which like kind of launched me into it. And shortly thereafter, I got the opportunity pretty out of the blue to move to LA for the company that I worked at. And I think just that was like the main event of my Saturn return where because I moved to LA, I just felt, I felt like this reset button was hit where, yes, I definitely had to look at a lot of things that weren't working, but I also just felt like this permission to just like actually look at it and actually, you know, put things into practice that I had been wanting to do. And for some reason, LA felt like more space to do that. And then of course, meeting Krista and starting almost 30 and yeah, I think I'm out of it. I'm 30. Yeah. I'm old. Yeah, you're fine. We're done. <laughs> First year, baby. We're done. Um, we'll share all the links and stuff in our show notes, but I'd love for you guys to tell our community what they can expect for you in 2021. Well, we're continuing to just really spend so much more time podcasting. We love it. So definitely check us out. Um, it's the Boss Babe podcast anywhere you listen. And follow us on social at bossbabe.inc. We are launching our, relaunching our membership, which feels yeah. really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been building an entirely new platform to support entrepreneurs. So that's happening, but all the fun stuff will be on Instagram. Love it. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you, ladies. Thanks. Yes. All right, we'll Bye. see you soon. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>Thank you so much to Natalie and Danielle from Boss Babe. We appreciate you. So much. Learned so, so much. Go to bossbabe.com and listen to their podcast, The Boss Babe Podcast. And we just want to thank our sponsors for this episode. As always, we're just bringing you brands that we love and use ourselves. FX Chocolate. Best chocolate in the world. Oh my gosh. 
addicted. I'm addicted. It's so good, you guys. And it's a little, it's a little baby chocolate for like 15 calories, no mm-hmm. sugar. Feels amazing. I love it. Yeah, lots of superfoods, adaptogens in there. And then Noom, which is a great way to learn every single day, kind of dig into the psychological behind healthy habits. Love it. It's awesome. And then better help, of course. We've recommended to so many people to find a licensed professional therapist online, makes it convenient and affordable. And then imperfect foods, which I've been a fan of for years. We both have, um, but you can get your groceries delivered to your door and you can save the environment by doing so. Yeah, we love Imperfect Foods. I actually heard about it from our friend who's a nutritionist like a year ago, mm-hmm. right before we were working with them. So it's so great. So we appreciate our sponsors so much. You know, they make this show possible. They make all this content available and free for you. And on our website, you can check out all of the other amazing sponsors that we work with and get discounts on great things. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you. And we will see you on the next one. We'll see you soon.